welcome back to the Crestwood Red Devils podcast. I'm John Murphy, and today I am here with the Crestwood Local Schools Director of Pupil Services, Mrs. Sherry Peters. Thank you so much for coming in, Sherry. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. We're so happy you're here, and um, I'm excited to find out a little bit more about what you do, and um, because I know that Pupil services is a big part of the Crestwood Local Schools and what we do for our students here, of course. And um, But it's kind of like one of those things that runs in the background, you know, like a computer program, and no one really notices it so much. So tell us what exactly what, well, first of all, I have a question. How many students do we have in the Crestwood Local Schools District? That's a question that's been kind of on my mind. So I would say approximately about 100 students per grade level. Um, you know, a little less, a little more, depending on what grade it is. So if you look at pre-K through 12, probably about 1,200 um, students, give or take. Okay. All right. So um, are there any classes that are bigger? I'm, it's not a fair question, but do you know there any classes that are bigger that are smaller right now? Um, not that potentially like stands out. Um, but I would say, you know, with special education services, um, following COVID, which I know nobody likes to talk about, we do see a lot of those services arising um, at those lower grade levels just because of the students having two years on virtual learning. All right. So I want to talk about then, since you just kind of brought this up, I've heard this term, the COVID gap. Can you tell, can you kind of tell our listeners, what do we mean by that term COVID gap? So I think a lot of it is students didn't receive education in a brick and mortar school um, in person with the teachers. You know, they, everybody had to adjust during that time, the teachers, the students, everybody. And so adjusting from in-person learning to computer learning, that's huge. So just that in itself creates a gap of learning. Um, with the educational gap, we're seeing that students um, may be a little bit behind or, you know, our students who have um, or require special education supports, we're seeing that, you know, maybe it was a struggle to get them everything that they needed um, during that time during COVID. But let me tell you, my intervention specialists, they were rock stars. They met with their kids on a regular basis and really supported them um, so that they were able to be successful in classes. But Overall, just across the board, um, it impacted our students everywhere, all of our students. Well, so tell us exactly what it is that the Director of Pupil Services does. So I do a little of everything. Um, You know, I'm responsible for a lot of coordination, um, some delivery and evaluation, refinement of student services. So what are those student services? Those student services include uh, special education, 504 programming. Um, I oversee intervention specialists and special education aides within the district that support our students and work closely with our students so that they're able to access the educational environment and be successful with their academics. Um, I work with our nursing services, our counselors, who are, again, they're amazing, Um, the school psychologist services, uh, support staff, such as speech and language um, therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists, uh, McKenny Vento support services, migrant, um, foster place students, gifted educational services, English language services. As you can see, this is just going to keep going on and on and on. Um, there's a lot of, of stuff. And then just to lump it all kind of together, it's also any other duties assigned by uh, my superintendent, Dr. Toth. Well, let me ask, I mean, that's a lot of stuff. So you're responsible for a lot. And how many st- 
students now, we have about 1,200 students in the Crestwood local schools. So of those 1,200 students, how many kind of fall under your specific umbrella? And of course, your um, intervention specialists, psychologists, et cetera, et cetera. So I would say, you know, per grade level, you're looking at anywhere from um, 12 to it could be up to 24 students per grade level. Okay. So so quite a bit. Um, and, and we are... Um, you know, supporting all of our students and working with all of our students, but but those numbers can fluctuate across the district. Okay. Now you said something called McKenny Bento. Can you tell me what that is? Yeah, absolutely. I've never heard of that. I know what a yeah. 504 is, you know, because <laughs> I have to go to 504 meetings, but maybe you can explain that also. Um, but what is McKenny Bento? So that is um, what helps our students who are identified as homeless. Uh-huh. So if they are doubled up or maybe something happens to their home and they're not able to be in their home anymore, they have financial um, stability um, concerns or something like that. Um, we work very closely to make sure that they, they still get transportation to our district. They get what they need to be able to come to school and be successful at school. Okay, so that's a fund that allows. Um, is that a fund or, so, or is it just a program? Yeah, it's more of a program. It's a protocol through Ohio Department of Education that there's specific guidelines that we have to follow to identify a student as homeless. Um, and then once a student is identified as homeless, um, through that protocol, we work very closely with the family just to make sure that they're able to get here and they, they have what they need to um, access the educational environment. So that's a real heartbreaker. You know, the idea that a student, a child, can be without a home. Is that something that is common at Crestwood and other school districts in Portage County or even where you're from, Geauga County? So I would say that it's more common that we're aware than what we're aware Um Obviously, it's something that we don't disclose of, of who is identified as homeless, but it is definitely more common. And I would say, um, you know, we're, we're seeing our numbers in Crestwood increase compared to when I started about five years ago. So with only five years between when you started, what is, why, why are the numbers increasing? What do you see, what do you attribute to that increase? You know, it could be COVID, it could be financial hardship. Um, we, we do have a big um, economic uh, demographic here. Um, you know, we have low income families all the way to very high income families. And so that could be part of it. Okay. All right. So tell us exactly what's, what are 504s and all these other things that, you know, students, um, services that they receive. What are the specific ones? And also talk about the WEP as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's do special education services. Um, if a student is identified as having um, needs, um, then they have goals and accommodations, and then they work very closely with an intervention specialist. And again, there's a process um, where they go through an evaluation to determine if they are eligible under a disability category. And then from there, an IEP is written an individual education program um, that just outlines the services that they'll receive in the educational environment to get the supports that they need to, again, access the educational environment. A 504 program is a student that they may have um, a disability such as ADHD, anxiety, um, uh, cyclical vomiting syndrome, anything like that, where they might need accommodations to be able to access the environment. Um, They don't necessarily need a goal or an intervention specialist, but they need accommodations. They need maybe preferential seating, extended time, small group, uh, graphic organizer maybe, um, any of those things. And then um, a WEP is... um, when you have a gifted 
student, um, they're identified as gifted and they um, receive gifted services. So how are they going to receive those gifted services? Are they in an honors course? Are they um, receiving services from a specific teacher? Um, And what does that look like? And that outlines that for the student. So again, that's another uh, big task. And uh, so kind of tell me the role that your um, special education uh, teachers, your, you know, and the psychologists and everybody else play in this, you know, in this um, umbrella like of uh, pupil services. So let me just say I wouldn't be able to do my job if I didn't have amazing people under me. Um, I have amazing intervention specialists, psychologists, gifted um, support staff, nurses, etc. Uh, again, the administration as well, work very closely with them. Um, but specifically special education, the intervention specialists will, you know, be in a classroom working with the students um, to support their needs, or maybe they're pulling the students out working on those specific goals to close academic gaps. Um, so if they're reading multiple grade levels below, um, then we're working on trying to close that gap. So maybe they're reading closer to grade level. Okay. So one of the things that I have seen as a teacher, and I know this is something that it's not a new thing, but it's something that we've identified recently are students that have special needs that require them to, you know, and I, it, there's a, there's a big stigma about it too. So I just want you to dispel the stigma about these students who have to have what's called a red card or something like they need a, a sensory room or things like that, because these are things that have come up in the recent uh, couple of years. And a lot of people, I, I've heard stigma about it and I want you to just kind of Dispel that stigma and kind of explain to us why these kids need these services. So I think there's a lot of things we don't know about students and some things we don't need to know. Um, and and that's where these items come into play. You know, the sensory breaks and or the red cards. Um specifically a red card, maybe the student has a traumatic background um, and they're receiving outside counseling or um, they just need additional support from the counselor. So they have a red card where they can get up at any point in time that shows the teacher that, hey, they're leaving, they're going to the, you know, counselor's office, and then they're receiving the support from the counselor. Um, Again, we don't know their background. We don't know what they're dealing with. And maybe, you know, it could be something as simple as maybe the teacher brought up something and it made them uncomfortable or triggered a trauma. Um, So they just need to out of the classroom and they need to go speak to the teacher or the counselor. Um, And then in terms of, um, the what did what was the other thing that you asked me about I sensory room the sensory room absolutely so some of our students just need sensory you know honestly right now as we're doing this i'm in a turning chair that swivels and i'm swiveling back and forth that's my sensory that's my coping mechanism right now um some students the the sensory um inputs that they need or supports that they need can't be done within the classroom so they require the sensory room and that could be as simple as they need a quiet space during that time to help them cope with the situation so that they can then enter the educational environment and, and be successful. Um, it could be as simple as, you know, going in there and fidgets, or maybe um, the intervention specialist goes with them and they um, use a yoga ball and press the yoga ball on the back of their um, back just to give them that pressure. Um, I know at our younger grades, some of our students use um, weighted vests and that helps them. Um, so it's just some things that our bodies just need to be able to cope with the educational environment. Fantastic. Well, I'm so glad that you guys provide that. You know, a big thing, of course, uh, also we're seeing nowadays are students that have 
Um, gender identity. Is that something that you, you deal with in pupil services? And can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, I would say absolutely. Um, you know, that's a case by case scenario where we would bring the team together and we would discuss what's going on. What are the concerns? Um, maybe we need to make it so it's a more comfortable environment and the student uses a specific restroom rather than, you know, a male or female restroom. So those are, you know, it's case by case, student by student. Again, under the pupil services umbrella, we want to make sure that all students are safe at Crestwood, and we want to make sure all students are receiving the supports that, that are required and necessary per evaluations or per, you know, what documentations we receive, and, and they're able to access an ed- educational environment and be successful. All right. Well, that's great. Um, yes, I do know that, you know, we do have... Um here at Crestwood at the, at the 712 building, we do have some restrooms that are specifically set aside for students, you know, with uh, gender identity, um, um, I wouldn't call it concerns, I can't think of the word right now, but who are, you know, um, who identify their gender as different than, than what they were born, let's just put it like that. So, and I think that's a good thing because a lot of people are concerned about, well, we don't want these students in the bathroom with our kids, blah, blah, blah. And so, and I think that's great. So I'm glad that, that we're providing that and that you guys are, are behind that 100%. So tell us a little bit about you. So um, you've been here five years. Yep. Now, did you teach here or you just came here from somewhere else? So it's funny. I actually student taught here um, when I went to Hiram College. I student taught with um, Mr. Judd. Okay. And uh, also a science teacher. And she was amazing. And I can't think of her name. Um, but she did um, cell projects, okay. um, 3D cell projects. And they were awesome. Um so I student taught here, and then um, after you know teaching, I got a position at James A. Garfield, where I taught there for seven years. Um, then I went to Cardinal Local School District, where for two years, I was an assistant principal across a middle school and high school. And then for two years, I was their special education director, and then um, I came here. So what did you teach when you were a classroom teacher? Yeah, I taught um, math and science, seventh through um, ninth grade mainly. I was certified four through nine, but my main areas were seventh through ninth grade. Oh, seventh and ninth, seventh through ninth grade, those are fun years. Every day is different, um, but it, the, the students' personalities are just awesome during those years. Those are all the exciting years, yes. especially seventh graders. Um, I learned something yesterday about um, development of the brain, and I'm sure you know a little bit about this, but that the um, the 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 cortical lobes are not fully developed in, in young adolescents. And so that's why they act so excited. They can't stay in their seats. They, you know, they, they can't really temper their, their behavior um, because of that. So, so I'm glad I learned that because I have seventh graders and sometimes I'm tapping my pen. That's my coping mechanism. <laughs> I'm a pen clicker. So, <laughs> so that's it. So, um, and you live, where do you live? Do you live in the area or? So I live in Garrettsville. Okay. Yes. Um, and I know that your husband was our football coach for a, a, a year or two. Yep. And uh, is he coaching again? Or is he coaching so still? He he is an assistant coach at his district where he works at Waterloo. Okay. Um, but he did stop being a head coach just so he can kind of step away and be with our kids. We have three boys. Oh my gosh. Um, yes, we stay busy. So I have a fourth grader. I have a first grader and I have a preschooler. And they're at uh, Gar- Garfield School? So no, they actually open and roll to Berkshire. Okay. Um, and, and they go there with my mom. She works there. So. Oh, that's yeah. great. What, is she a teacher? Or? So she does payroll over there. Oh, okay. Well, she's very important. Yeah, the most, absolutely. The most important. Okay. Well, uh, sure. 
Sherry Peters, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for telling us about, you know, what the uh, uh, People's Services is here at the Crestwood Local Schools. Um, and uh, look forward to seeing speaking with you again. And that'll do it for today's podcast. I'm John Murphy. This is the Crestwood Red Devils podcast, and we'll see you next time.